to The Dimensional Ladder with your host, Roy Laverne. The sun is shining through my window here, and I have the distinct pleasure talking with the lovely Alexis Rose. Hello, Alexis. <laughs> Hello. Nice to be here today. I'm glad you're getting some sun, even though you're a little chilly up there. Yeah, you know, there's always a silver lining, right? Yes. I'm glad it's a busy space area today, a little extra special. So I think this is going to be a fun conversation. Wow. Um, that's awesome. I would love to hear a little more about what you mean by that. I was just looking at the uh, space weather app and it seems like, um, we're maybe a little below average today, which is, um, chill, I suppose. For now. <laughs> For now. Yeah. I don't know. We'll see. Okay, so for those of you who do not know, Alexis is, um, she's a space weather researcher. Um, I kind of like the word uh, exocosmologist, but maybe, maybe you don't like that term. Uh, I'm into it. Okay. I love words. <laughs> I'm going to write that down. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, she's also a psychic medium therapist, which I think is fascinating. And we'll get into some of that. Um, we'll also talk a little bit about uh, the Schumann, Schumann resonance. Um, so first I want to start uh, a little bit just about your background, Alexis. I want to hear about how you got into this, uh, your initial spiritual experiences. What do your friends and family think about what you're doing and how do you deal with that? <clears throat> That's a good question. Not everyone weaves in the how do your friends and family feel about what you do, but I think they've lost the ability to comprehend what I'm doing. I think it got to that point where, and with a lot of my friends, it's the same way, even people I talk to every single day, I move past their point of understanding in this topic of research. But that happens pretty much, I think, to every scientist who really gets into it after a few years. When you start getting into the discovery phase and theoretic, moving into your theoretical like areas of your own study, it's really just an explorative motion. So I'm just telling them what I notice and what I'm starting to think is happening. And truly what I'm starting to perceive I think is happening is beyond what most people would consider science as well. So it's it's hard for them to connect to me as much because they wanted me to go into the sciences. I was encouraged by my entire family to go into university to do a psychology degree with my choice. And I couldn't get into the science uh, 
program. I had to do the arts version, but it's the same program with one less like chemistry class or something dumb like that. But I got to see the arts side of university a little more. They also had more therapeutics and educational therapeutic sort of options for the students. So that was cool. Instead of going into more of testing on animals and doing more more testing on physical things, which I was not interested in doing, the the experience in university was most of us realize it was in its own form, basically trying to steal the souls of the youth <laughs> and exhausting them and telling them not, they're not good enough, basically the whole time and lying to them the whole time. And then having them poison themselves with uh, drugs and alcohol and, you know, all of this really terrible, terrible behavior in this terrible environment for growth of people. And it's it. And I came back after my awakening to try and get more education. It just was ridiculous because I was watching demons roaming the the campus. It was already so obvious how horrible the conditions spiritually that these educational facilities have. And you want after, to say where you went to university? Yeah, I I went to university in University of Alberta, which is one of basically okay. the biggest in Western Canada. Okay. And it one of the biggest, most northern, I would say, probably universities and one of one of the best. I was born at the hospital there as well. So it was like this big full circle karmic sort of thing. I was walking the campus like like it was my mission. It was insane when I was there, how many kilometers I did running and doing and grid working that whole part of the city. And now I continue to do that work, especially at buildings like universities and and those kinds of structures, they're similar, they're similar, I want to say source, and their similar energy seems to be a root of what we're trying to kind of remove. It's sort of the parasit- par- parasitic issue, I would say, on the soul of our planet, even what has been happening in buildings that look like that and around those buildings these days, including like citadels and churches as well, like similar issue. And with my education in psychology, I promptly, I learned about, I think it was Dr. Joe Dispenza was one of my influences, as well as potentially like Greg Braden and maybe Graham Hancock or a few of those other authors. And they're sort of like the, this edge of disclosure that I used to understand was cutting edge, which is, I now know is not the case. But anyways, I learned about the sun. I learned about the earth, the electromagnetic energy between them, having any sort of, any sort of impact on each other that could influence our brainwaves. And as soon as I heard that I was stunned, I was stunned and angry and very, very concerned because basically we're educating people and they think that they know things, doctors, you know, all of these people, and they aren't even considering anything to do with any of the solar activity to have any effect on your biology at any time. It's never comes up in the diagnostics, you know, they're not diagnosed, <laughs> unfortunately, which I assume is going to have to become the case. If the sun is becoming more active, people are waking up to this. And I was just, I feel like probably just on a bit of a leading edge of that waking up. I'm not the first one to know about this, but I think I took it into my own hands in a new way using social media and popularizing like the hashtag Schumann resonances when I was studying that. And now I do space weather or solar flares is a big one because truly all the study has really come down to solar flares is the one of the biggest, biggest landmarks 
And I think one of the most interesting things that if you take anything from this interview would be to immediately start tracking the solar flares immediately. And you will have so much more coherency in your life and your rhythms and your moods and so on. Because as a therapist, I just wanted to help people feel better because I could tell the chaos was in the chaos was unbearable being around most people. And I could tell they were in pain and I could tell there was something wrong, but sometimes I couldn't tell what it was. And now for the most part, I know exactly what the problem is almost always. So I've become a very effective doctor as well, but in the new world, not the old. Right. So um, that's fascinating. Can you talk a little bit about the kind of grid work that you would do when you were at university or even the kinds of things you do now? And could you maybe bring that into your spiritual awakening experience and sort of what got you into doing the grid work in the first place? I am trying to remember where I potentially learned about the grid work before, but I always had this overwhelming sense, you know, in certain locations that all of a sudden I felt way more conscious. I felt way more engaged in the present moment, way more lucid as if you, we are dreaming at awake and then there's more lucid moments. I can track these lucid moments now with the space weather also, and when they're going to come in more for us globally. So we don't have to do the work. It'll do the environments doing it to us. So that's cool. But I would become more conscious, more lucid in these moments where I was at these buildings. And I would find myself looking at even just the finest grains of the walls and of into every corner. And mentally, I, I was very good at laying out floor plans in my mind. And I was a really, I have very hard for me to get lost. I just seem to have this ability to navigate. <laughs> and I would walk these buildings and I would search through them and look into the eyes of the people on the paintings and who worked there. And I would get so much information and I would feel so much also the darkness as well that they were hiding where they were in the buildings. They didn't want people where they were directing people away from. And I would be more curious as to that area, of course, but also know my limits and I did have a mild Christian upbringing. So I was aware of angels as well by when I was younger. And I felt as though the angels were looking out for me all my life and that I had God's got guiding hand in my life. I did feel that way because I would get punished also right away. If I ever did something that I knew was wrong, it was like an instant slap back. And I didn't notice that that was always the case for people because they kept doing terrible things and nothing terrible seemed to happen to them. And I was always confused, but I began to just take more seriously the, the, that sort of morality. Yeah, it was very strict morality. I felt like I was being held to very high standards as a person and learning more about the grid work. I think really broke through was early 2000s when I went, began waking up to ancient sites, uh, like the History Channel was kind of talking more about ancient aliens around that time. And that was becoming a major popular thing and how these sites had all of these stories and issues and lies and going to these sites in Europe when I was in university, just for fun, I just kept finding myself looking for the darkness and looking for these ancient towers and places, the oldest pieces I could find and engaging with them in some way, physically touching them, just observing them so intensely. (laughs) 
just in, almost like, a, I want to say almost like an obsessed feeling. Like I was just ob- suddenly obsessed with some building or some direction I had to walk and I would end up in the someplace and I knew that was it. And I would spend my time there and just stare at stuff. And now you can do more things like I do mantras or chanting sometimes when I need to lift the vibration somewhere, because now I know how to act upon a space more so as I've aged instead of just observing it and being kind of like a satellite camera or something. And now it's more like, okay, I'm going to chant something beautiful here or sing in this place and bring the light and ask the angels to join me and show me if there's anything I need to do to be of service for create uplifting humanity, for correcting the grids and basically just making the earth a more lovely place. But the grid work now I realize is more of the electromagnetic lines over the earth and that our earth has a natural grid, but it was also used and abused by somehow I would assume some sort of magnetic ability of these buildings to kind of pull these latitudinal, all these grids and kind of magnetically pull and warp spaces and open holes in a way of all the magnetic lines and cause this flow of energy to be unnatural. So certain areas would become extremely poverse all of a sudden because the energy of the earth wasn't running through that line. It was getting pulled to this citadel or something. And then this whole area suffered and they weren't getting good weather. They weren't getting any, you know, crops, like it's everything all of a sudden is a problem. And getting a lot of visions the last few years that we're correcting that, that all those buildings and all the really nasty things are getting burned down, broken down. Uh, You know, something, something is changing at those locations and then some other random amazing or non-amazing thing will happen in the same area around the same time. I've noticed real quick, sorry, something, go on. (laughs) Something that I've also noticed is uh, along the lines of what you're saying is the, those buildings um, kind of, create the culture in their environment sometimes like um uh we don't necessarily have to say uh what the organizations are because we know but um (laughs) if you look at the older ones um the buildings in that area kind of mimic that style and uh, even in my neighborhood here um the closer you get to one of these temples um a little bit it just you can tell there's sort of a, cause right across the alley, there's a recovery center. So there's a battle going on um, just right there. Um, there's a lot of good souls here in Nebraska and there's national guard center right across the street. And, um, so yeah, but exactly what you're saying. I love how you were talking about participating in your environment and I'm um, not necessarily just observing because that, um, can kind of maybe parasitize you in a way. So if you're doing chants and mantras, you can actually heal that area and maybe fix some of those space warps. Yeah. Um, So have you ever had, so you kind of mentioned a spiritual awakening. Um, Do you want to talk a little bit about spiritual, your, your spiritual awakening? I think it is about a heartbreak. It's about, questioning something so awful usually that you question your faith in the way that the universe works and that's kind of the spiritual awakening i think and and most of the time it is some sort of tragic event that seems to knock someone to their awakening because again 
that it's like the dream, the bubble has been popped. The dream you thought was being run by something else is now all of a sudden, you know, hurting you and causing you to act, do something, causing you to act, causing you to wake up and sober up to the a situation you thought was one way, but it's actually not. And I, we had, my grandmother had a, was given a chronic or what was it? A terminal. She was told she was terminally ill and that she was going to die of cancer. And when they told, when they told me that it's like, even the adults knew telling me was going to upset me so much, but they had to tell me it was this, as I'm the eldest child of the family, it was sort of my duty kind of to shoulder that. And I was like, okay. So they told me, I was like, terminally ill. They're like, yes. So basically there's nothing they can do. And she's just going, she's on the trajectory of death, like right now. And I was just like, great. That is the least helpful thing I have ever heard in my life. It's ridiculous. And even as a child, it just broke, it broke me open just being like, what is going on? Like, this is absolutely unacceptable. And (laughs) they began, my family even began opening up because usually when someone is close to death, that's what happens is the spirit world becomes more apparent. The veil starts to drop. People start remembering their spiritual sides. They start remembering these spiritual truths as a way to cope. And it's always there for us. But I think that is, it's like, you need to have your heart cracked open in a way, or your ego even broken open being your world just kind of has to shatter in some way. And then the spiritual journey is you rebuilding yourself yourself instead of being built when you were built as a child by the by the system and by your family your spiritual awakening is when you begin building yourself in my opinion and reparenting yourself and realizing your generational impact and yeah this terminal illness she lasted with multiple experimental treatments from the medical Western medical side for like another three years, which is crazy. She almost bled out one of the days that I was having like uh, one of my graduations or something in high school. It was a terrible day. And it was all these moments of horrible. And then like, she's not dead yet. Like it's so weird in this back and forth. And she had such an interesting attitude about it and introduced me to people who died on the operating table and came back and stories they would tell. And then they began introducing me to psychic mediums as well. And I didn't know about these things. And I had to know because it was giving me that understanding, okay, what's going to happen to her when she dies? Because I didn't really know, even in my religious upbringing, whatever they gave us, it was like, well, God's taking care of it. So, but it wasn't enough at that age. It wasn't enough. My analytical mind wanted to know way more. Yeah. And wanted to know way more of the process of, you know, mechanics of it, if it was a deal. And I learned about DMT also, I think around that time, I didn't take any, but I learned about it as well, because that was a part of the dying process. And, and these, they would say that these visions of heaven that people would experience was caused by the release of DMT in the mind. And it was just your own brain in a way, creating this for you until you just eventually stop creating any sensation And then there was this atheistic sort of approach to death that a lot of people were really engaged in at that time. It felt like now I think spirituality is growing in popularity, but 
this understanding of there's either nothing or everything. It was very difficult. So I began to walk down that path, asking all the questions I could, figuring it out. And my grandmother eventually did pass away. She eventually did subdue to her illness. And they had a spiritual experience about that, like seeing basically a person standing behind her in her hospital bed, trying to lift her soul, like trying to get her out of this horrible condition again, where she's being kept alive on machinery. Another thing spiritually, I would never do to a person again. It's not a good idea. (laughs) I've learned so much, but uh, yeah, after, after she passed away, I began practicing and trying to contact her with my third eye basically. And I read a book from a psychic medium about how she did her process and how she just meditate basically and relax and ask to engage and see what she would see. And I saw my first vision that day and it was amazing. And I saw a whole bunch of dogs running at me, which was amazing because that's where my grandmother would have been. She was a dog breeder. So it's just like dogs running at me. My eyes are open and I can see almost like dogs just running at me as well as like another layer of, of, movie screen or like another layer of stuff that's going on that I could just all of a sudden see it. I gave my body permission to see it. And the clearing out the third eye became a huge part of the physical thing I could do to help me reconnect to my family, not lose track of my loved ones when they die in a way too. So that was really nice. So clearing out the pineal gland is another huge thing I did would recommend for everybody it's, it's amazing to have way more perceptive abilities, like just to be able to perceive more, it makes you feel more connected to everything and less lonely and less desperate to figure out an answer I've noticed. So I've been liberated through the process, empowered. I no longer give my power away to other people because I also don't even feel like this life is as real as some people think it is. I've moved beyond that sort of barrier as well. I do fear dying still. Part of me is like, oh, it kind of freaks me out sometimes. But I, I've gotten to a point now where I'm like, I get it. It's not for me right now, but I understand. And I'm here to help people also who have recently lost loved ones and so on. And it's my pleasure to now literally be able to perceive them with my eyes open, like walking into my vision as if they're also there in some other layer of reality that we can't perceive normally and show me things They show me things. They will gesture. They will touch me. I will feel their emotions. I can deal with, I can talk to your, a person's masculine side, like their paternal line. And then I can turn in my left and talk to their maternal line. And it seems like my, I've been able to figure out how to communicate and get really cool messages across. And a lot of people regret when they die in a way, not having some sort of better system set up with their living relatives to talk to them and to engage with them because they're right here. A lot of them, they don't go anywhere. They actually didn't make it. And so they have to keep learning here, but they're out of their bodies. Some of these people do go to other places and their, their soul goes off to somewhere. I've seen, I've felt someone's parents' souls be literally in the Pleiadians Pleiadian star system. I have felt like their soul just went and shot like right back to the star as if they were like a boomerang and they were just bouncing back, back home. And that doesn't always happen, but I get these perceptions sometimes that are 
even beyond what some people are comfortable talking about, even with a medium. So it's sure. been tricky, but the <clears throat> the aliens, galactic stuff had had to come in at the same time as the spiritual earthly stuff. And they've all just kind of walked together forward. And I, so has our society. Thankfully, I didn't alienate myself. Honestly, I feel silly almost. It seems, it seems like everyone now a medium who can do card readings and see, talk to aliens. It's very funny. So I don't feel that different, <laughs> uh, but I do like to push. I like to push the, the community and push the limit a little bit as I was really online. One of the first people, even on Instagram doing this kind of stuff. And then it just exploded and I was getting attacked and silenced and, everything got more complicated. The war on people that was all this beautiful budding people that was happening on social media. It all just got right, like attacked with, you know, as if they were like spraying for weeds or something. It was just like, they just killed off so much of the vibe, these technologies. And it was, it was good for the case to kind of push people back into a more organic spiritual awakening who are relying on maybe social media too much and it pushed them into more of, it was maybe their heartbreak moment when they got kicked off of social media for speaking their truth or sharing something extreme that they experienced with their community. And there's so many ways people are waking up even today, like in the elections that they still wake people up. It still break their hearts open to the point where they're like, I'm not, I'm done. You know, I'm done waiting for something else to turn out for me. I'm going to start doing what I need to do to make myself happy and feel accomplished in a, in a lifetime. You know, if you do make it to your old age, what are you going to tell the kids running around for fun stories? Like, what are you going to write in your autobiography? Is it going to be interesting? You know, would you read it? And that's sort of the message I get a lot, again, from people who've passed on is don't stop doing what makes you fun and unique because that's what you're supposed to try and do and continue doing here and hold that, that frequency and don't give in to fear and don't give in to religions. A lot of them gave, gave into religious beliefs like Catholics. I've met a couple cat dead Catholics who were we weirded out by me. They're still scared of me, even though they're dead they're amongst the spirit world and they're not sure if I can even see or perceive them because they still don't have that embodiment, that connection. It's so weird, but it's true. And I've had to prove a ghost that I could talk to it, to it and its family once or twice before just genuinely didn't believe what I was doing was possible. So that's been fun. Also, my family believes I can do what I do mostly my most nuclear family because my mother also has abilities. And so she was kind of the one being like, you can, do I was like, well, she can do it. I can do it. She wow. didn't even want her powers, you know, and she does now a little, but she's very scared. She's in a different, it you know, be that, overwhelming. For it sure. is. I'm assuming hers may even be more potent than mine. So maybe she never engaged the same way, but I was a slow and steady learner. And I've been able to channel these energies through my body on a steady increasing rate, but it messes with me all the time. I'm constantly being tested. I'm constantly mad about stuff and elated. So I, my emotional intelligence is really what's been the biggest lesson for me in working on 
Yeah. Doing I get that this. sense from you because um, we have um, some, we have some uh, similarities, uh, you know, in the losing grandparents and suffering and there you go. Um, I'm going into uh, hospice music therapy. Um, oh, perfect. I almost a, did that. <laughs> it's a career. Uh, do you play any instruments? Nope. <laughs> well, That's why I didn't. <laughs> yeah, I can do that. They, they'd make you learn. They'd make you learn a few chords and whatnot, but they would. Yeah, just to carry a guitar around. But um, <laughs> so it's really good to hear that you had kind of that support from sounds like your mother, especially who also has abilities. So anyone out there who's you know maybe I don't want to use the term waking up too much, but if you're having these yeah. you know these sorts of experiences and we live in a gaslighting society everywhere you look people are going to tell somehow you're the crazy one you know but um right you know you don't need anyone's uh validation because like what we were talking about um and you it'll rebuild come build yourself yeah it'll come and you rebuild yourself from within we've we're lucky in a bizarre way because we've we've been on the path that we're on, but, um, yeah. Part of what I want to do is try to maybe connect with some people that are, you know, kind of, uh, living in both, both realms and maybe feel like they can't exactly, uh, talk Engage about it with, with either. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, so we'll take a break here in maybe five minutes or so. We'll take a couple minute break here. Um, there's a lot we could talk about. I think after the break, maybe we'll start getting into some more of the solar flare stuff and, uh, mm -hmm. maybe tie that into some astrology and spirituality some more. But, um, do you have anything you want to say about any last minute thoughts about, um, growing your psychic abilities? spiritual hygiene, some things that maybe you do on a daily basis that um, you could just kind of, you know, elevator pitch. Sure. I would say I became obsessed with activating my superpowers and healing my DNA so it expresses in its most divine, organic, natural, intended way right in the beginning when I knew that I could command over my reality. And that was the biggest thing that I was able to learn was that you're commanding as if you are the programmer. We have the intelligence to command with our voice. And it's even, you know, it's biblical in a way, the fact that we can produce sounds that are coded with instructions out into this thing that we're walking around in it listens and it responds to you. And the more you, you are kind of aligned with that ownership that you can command the reality to serve you as well as the high, best good of everyone. Um, especially if you throw in that caveat, that's the ones that mess with your ego a bit, because if it's the highest good for everyone, then the timing of everything is going to be shuffled around a bit <laughs> usually. And so your ego has to be like really trusting that what you said is going to work out instead of backtracking and then trying to do a plan B or like running from your manifestation. Real quick on uh, exactly what you were just talking about. Um, I had that kind of day yesterday. So okay. I, 
I've been waiting on an internship for music therapy. Okay. And I heard yesterday that um, the director quit. So I have to basically start over from square one. So I was going to go out to California for an internship. <clears throat> but, um, man, yeah. I would say just freelance as a, as you are, like people are dying in every city all over and they would love to hear some music. You know what I'm saying? Like for sure, it is such a natural thing. I think that your heart wants to do to love these, this process and bring love into this part of the human experience as your specialty. Like you've, it's so, I would say noble of you and it's a universal thing, you know, it doesn't matter who it's going to be. But yeah, the, the time scale. So exactly what you're just saying. And I was, I was, yes. I was doing a chakra activation and literally the second I took my hands away from my head, I was just asking God, you know, for a sign. And I, got the, the phone call right afterwards and you know so that was a big ego testing day but sorry <laughs> s sorry to bring my ego into this we have to like your ego is what I love about you you know what I'm saying it's truly I think your person it's who you are and who you are is constantly learning and that's the good part I feel like that's the good part like when I'm around people my it's the solar plexus that goes and like opens up and just shines and I'm so happy and emotional and I feel like it can't be bad I feel like that's probably why they attack it so much like you know what I'm saying and it's like the sunlight it's like your personality from the center of your being like shining out so I'm glad you got some feedback on that but I feel like you're just the guy's fired because he's just not as good as you he couldn't he couldn't be as good as you so <laughs> the universe was like no that can't right. be it you know, you out well, that's you very sweet. shot right through it. <laughs> that's definitely a silver lining. <laughs> <laughs> there's still problems, you know, even in therapeutics yeah. and stuff, they're still allowing themselves to be cornered into these weird rules that people know in their soul that is not the right thing to do. It's not the right way. Oh, but it has to be the way it's like tear down the hospitals. Like the hospitals are a prison for a lot of people like dead zones metal boxes um i mean i've heard stories of like surgeons you know seeing their bodies outside of time yeah. you know but i don't know I if you if you've ever heard of or if you've listened to any of dan winter talk mm -hmm. um he, he talks about exactly that how hospitals are like not a good place to die no <laughs> it's terrible which is awful to say, too, because what do you do? Like, tell people, if you're dying, just don't go to the hospital. Just die in your bed at home or surrounded by your stuff and your loved ones. That's the best way. And nap nap out of your body instead of, like, literally being, what's the word? It's like, oh, it's like necromancy, like what they're doing to people in hospitals. It's like Yeah, and it's a selfish thing on the family members' parts who don't know how to grieve. You know, they're scared. They're so scared. Yeah. So maybe we can stand outside the hospitals being like with like a sign, like, I know you're scared, but talk to us for five minutes before you go inside. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> like, can, what can, can we, we do? I'm... <laughs> can we make all the hospitals made of wood? Like, Ooh, so our souls nice. can travel through that organic material so we can gain a charge to 
implode into that longitudinal field instead of these plastic nice. and metal boxes with poisonous fluorescent lights that just oh, basically keep our energy here for who knows how long. Yeah, I think that was one of the major things that I for sure had to pick up from the whole dying experience of my relative, because obviously as, as a child who was really getting just a crash course in the whole situation, I was, you know, young, I was like 16, 17, 15, 16, 17 during that time. So a normal time for kind of a uh, a spiritual awakening in a person because your pineal gland starts to activate, you become a, an adult. So it's very like, there's many layers of being an adult that a child doesn't deal with. So it was intense, but yeah, don't want people tortured in the hospitals anymore or the hospices. She <laughs> suffered. She for sure suffered through and she's a tough woman. And that was very cute. And she would have been like, Oh, whatever. She probably just shrugged it off. But as her caring family member, I wouldn't have done that to her. And absolutely not and her energy. Her energy goes beyond this dimension. And, you know, we are so powerful. It's hard to imagine how powerful we are. And there's only one true light. And um, let's take a short couple minute break here. Um, I'll send you another invite. And then maybe we can talk a little bit about the beautiful sun and uh, some astrology a little bit. Okay. And uh, I'd also like to talk about your guardian training. Yay. Okay. Okay. See you in a few minutes. Deal. Um, an interview I heard you with, I believe it was Lily Nova, I think. Um, you talked about um, full moons, um, kind of almost the neutrality of them, and how um, they are somewhat, they somewhat promote death as much as they promote life in their time. And uh, I'd love to hear you talk about the moon's connection with the sun and how that ties into your work. Yeah, it was the solar flares for sure are the life and death harbingers that I've been watching over. And then it's like the moon is sort of in a way managing <laughs> a lot of what I think the earth experiment is, is a lot of it's being managed with and around the moon. And it's been a lot because I've personally experienced a lot of lucid dreams and visions about the moon, about being inside the moon with a colony of people being, but in like old abandoned military bases and weird things that are kind of shitty. Like the conditions are not great. We're kind of stuck there and uh, so on there. It's never a, a happy go lucky moment. It's often a, again, sort of like a poverty consciousness, a, prison-like almost, or it was prison-like, and now it's just who else is left has made do sort of energy. And I've had those visions and experiences, so that's been odd. But with the solar flares and with the movement of our consciousness and the, the, the science of all this, where they're trying to disclose the importance and the intensity of our cosmology, I think, to us, after whatever all the awful weird things that happened when they were doing it the first time bringing people to the apollo mission and kind of preparing people for space travel and then there was this other direction where i feel like they basically tore people's brains apart about the idea and none of them wanted to go to space ever again and 
now they're trying to do it again. And the whole boomer population is just very, very dense and stubborn about it. And they don't believe it's even happening. Like there is serious trauma and mind control going on when it comes to the moon and the sun and our earth. And I think it is trying to now be less so, be less confusing, be less scary, be less daunting, be less private. But there is so much trauma from the previous attempts to make everything daunting, private, and terrifying that we have to work out that this process now of like the benevolent space travel movement potentially is taking so much longer because it's like they're the nice ones. So they're trying to be nice, trying to do it gently, trying to go slow. So the most of everyone can enjoy the process. But with our moon, I've seen some wild things. I've seen in my dreams that the moon is gravitationally driving our whole solar system. I've seen, I've seen that in a dream. Don't know how to explain it. I didn't even know much about that at all, but as if it was a tool or a death star once upon a time that had the gravitational ability to literally drive a solar system to overpower the gravity of a sun and begin pulling a solar system into another place or another frequency or pulling it out of the like fractal of life and like breaking it off and trying to consume it or something. It felt like potentially our solar system has avoided some major, major disaster on a whole scale, which is kind of crazy to think about. But now that we're moving on the public scale today with, and last night, the Artemis launch where they have a, a mannequin sitting inside this Orion shuttle thing on the Artemis mission, doing this loop-de-loop around the moon to see if they can actually have someone live through that process. And people don't believe it to such a degree. Now they're having to use a mannequin in the thing to prepare people to do this again and travel publicly in space. We're watching it happen right now. We're like 11 hours into this 25-day mission now, the Artemis mission. And while I was talking to Lily, I had no idea. And I had done another show also, and they were asking me, what's next for the collective? Is it the sun? Like, what's going to happen with the poles? And I'm like, it's not that. It's the moon. The moon is the thing that's going to be happening next. And then I saw that this launch was happening. And they're like basically saying that it's to repair everything from the Apollo generation is this Artemis generation, I heard them saying. And it it was just, it was very validating, but also, also... Uh, maybe not discouraging, but I felt the weight of it. I felt the weight at that moment of where we were at consciously as a, as a community, as a planet and how much pain and suffering has to be transmuted around this topic. And it is kind of a daunting task, but it seems like everyone's up for it. I mean, everyone under, 35 for sure seems to have this on one of the higher tier parts of their list of things that they think about and talk about is space travel, ocean travel, travel in general, like even the technology they're using to get out there is outdated and harmful. And we don't, I don't want to promote more people traveling via rocket at any time, but I think we have to do that because they can't even show you the new tech until We've successfully finished the old tech and allowed it to come to its full, satisfying completion almost. 
seems like very much like the psychology is very deep. And I really think that they may just have a whole bunch of sleeper agents. And if they don't do it this way, people's people are going to start losing their minds. Like the madness is going to go way beyond manageable levels. And madness is another thing that I get told about a lot is the madness. And we forget about it. We experience it though. We experience our own bouts of madness. But the people who don't know about the madness and what's promoting the madness are experiencing madness to this like raw, unyielding degree and harming their families. Yeah. And of course, at some point we're all there at a, as a, even as a child can't even comprehend much of anyone else's problems for a few years of life. (laughs) We're just these self-centered little things just to survive. And then some people just never break out of that mindset and they're having just a very hard issue with this major developmental delay. And we're catching up with all these delays as a society is the best, I think, and the most loving way possible, potentially. And then our masculine side, I think our feminine side is our understanding of it. And our masculine side always is that per push. Like they want to make it more streamlined. You want to make it more efficient. We want to make it happen sooner. And the feminine is always there to like pick up the pieces of all that progress, uh, keeping everything together and in a coherent creative womb in a way. And <laughs> there's this, this back and forth between the feminine and masculine energy of our, of our, of our pursuit of growth as a society too. And definitely. Have you heard any of uh, Neville Goddard? Oh, I've, I have, but what, what do you put, what are you going to bring up? He, he talks about how the masculine energy is strongest in the unconditioned aspect Mm, nice. So the the kind of formless, you know, spiritual eth- etheric component, and then the the masculine would be like the four elements. Um, just thinking like you know earthly stuff. So right. um, yeah, what you're saying just rung very true to me there. And I, it seems like we have a lot of imbalance in our culture. Like right. men are being tricked to take on the negative aspects of men, and men are tricked into taking on the worst aspects of femininity. <laughs> true um and i just see a lot of really unhealthy um it's like it seems like the 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 dating culture is like a a versus culture and um people are like competing rather than you know what i mean Um, and loving yeah and it shouldn't be that way so sorry to kind of I think it's because there's, there's this feeling that there's resources, like there's not enough resources for everyone. So there's that poverty conference consciousness that makes everyone competitive against each other. Sucks. <laughs> Cause it's a lie. <laughs> it is a lie. Thankfully it's a lie. Absolutely. Space is so full and the moon, the, the technology that is the moon is so far beyond us. And it's not just a rock out there. Um, I don't think so. Have you seen the movie Moonfall? No, <laughs> but I've been recommended it. I've seen bits. It's in the culture of my friends and stuff. So yeah, yeah, it, I, it's worth a watch. Um, okay, but it's it's cool in showing how the moon is metal. Mm-hmm. It's cool in showing some of the potential structures on the inside and how it's basically a a white dwarf star captured by a very intelligent race probably i don't know pleiadians or maybe our ancestors 
Oh, that would make sense with the density thing. And then like, it shows kind of a time lapse of the moon encircling planet Earth, which was an organic kind of in the Goldilocks zone, but the moon like ramps up the evolution process because we're in the organic ascension. It's supposed to happen that way, but it's being disrupted through all these uh, societal programmings from the dark ones. I like totally. To call them. Nice. Yeah. I should watch that. It's triggering too. Like I did have some seriously lucid dreams where I was like, I was the one helping the people out of there. Like it was my job. So if I see it, I'm just going to be like, Oh, <laughs> my heart, my poor people. Like I don't get it, but I think it's good now. I think we're okay now. <laughs> They're trying to make it cute again. They're like, Oh, we're going to go visit the moon. <laughs> There's no yeah. problems over there anymore. And maybe they cleared it out. You know, the moon got given back to us. That's and one thing I did feel is that we were given the moon back. Earth's now. So we get to play with it now. That's wonderful. Yeah, it sounds like from I didn't get to go to like the Galactic uh, Spiritual Informers Conference. I don't know about you, but it sounds like there's a lot of um, good things going on. Um, yeah, good. Um, I would kind agree. <laughs> Exopolitically, but to bring it back to the sun, because part of why I wanted to talk to you is because I really like your scientific approach to this. Uh, I'm also a very visual learner, so I didn't even know about the space weather app. And so um, I watched some of the Guardian training. And so if you'd like to shed some light on how you are using this information from these from the sun essentially in your work i really appreciate that i think a lot of people will need to hear about what you're doing sure yeah anyone who's a health person person who is a healer would very much be benefiting from watching the sun's surface and what begins turning towards us you can actually look at the backside of the sun where from other satellites also to see even sooner ahead of time what's going to rotate towards and face the earth for the next 15 to 20, uh, 15 days the the sun rotates around 29 days a piece i guess so it'll do one rotation so we can have one sunspot that goes all the way around and faces us a second time i've watched that happen but basically you want to watch for sunspots because they create solar flares. That's the fastest, most disruptive thing. And our bodies and our whole planet will feel a sunspot before it's even facing us, facing us, because it's such a disruptive thing. So it will, even before it's facing us fully, as the sunspots will cause us to be in the state of madness and have our brain waves have a hard time and our own electromagnetic field have a hard time because if you would just look at the surface of the sun and what a sunspot is causing, it very much reflects a very similar behavior as our, what happens to us We're it's, we're very connected. And the, so the sunspots are number one, watch those. Second thing you have to watch for is coronal holes. These are much bigger, cooler spots. They're they're less 
magnetically powerful. So solar wind and stuff just comes shooting out of it even faster than normal. So these big dark areas, you'd think they'd be softer, quieter, less intense, but actually they're, they're all that sunlight's just like shooting off and it's not getting sucked back. So we can't see any brightness there. And it's just shooting all this air out of there. And those are, those take so much longer to, to stop affecting us. The solar flares you can kind of see them coming and they're more instant, but these big coronal holes, they'll move across the sun for again, like 15 days blowing more wind at us. And it just causes us to feel heavy, more way more pressure on our planet from the sun during those times. So those are two major things for people to kind of know what the temperament of us are going to be. So if you're seeing your clients experiencing mania and more of their nervous system pain or even nausea and inabilities to kind of regulate in any way their bodies it's likely caused caused by some sort of sunspot on the sun and what causes sunspots is then the next stage is fun which is why you have to watch all the other planets in the solar system and how they're conjuncting or trining or squaring the sun these big other bodies big electromagnetic marbles in the mix are just causing this static static almost to be bouncing between planets and between the sun and these static discharges and these discomforting moments of squaring and so on with the sun also causes these deformities of sunspots and coronal holes it seems like to, to show up on the sun because the magnetic fields of all these things are pulling on each other and warping each other all the time and what ends up getting warped from the sun, we eventually feel or experience because we are in in that zone of the sun. We're very close to it compared to even those bigger planets. We're very close. We're within the heliosphere. We're basically always in the corona of the sun all the time. So what's happening on the surface you can visually see is happening around us physically as well. It's just, you can't, it's hard to perceive sunlight as it's passing by you. It's, it's tricky, but they figured it out. If they look directly at it, they can have an understanding about what it's causing us to feel. But now people are arguing about the sun's not even there or the sun's not even real. You know, we're having two even more extremes, even on the science of that. So I'm actually getting progress on my theories working with the planetary movements to predict solar solar storms and then i have people arguing that none of that is actually happening and none of it's real and they've convinced themselves of that and they're walking amongst us adding that information into the soup of collective consciousness and they refuse just refuse to engage with any sort of their own study where they maybe do a test to prove to themselves if it's real, do a test to prove to themselves if this is happening. Like I went ahead and did, and now I'm sharing my results with people and people resonate with it. A lot of people don't even care to the extent that I'm taking it, but they'll log on and see my article at the exact time I've posted it because their intuition is tuned enough. Their feminine knows something's wrong and they know where to look and they know to go see me or whoever they're looking for and check on what I'm going to say. And you don't know, I can't tell you how many times I get the message. Like I was just about to message you, but I see you just posted. I get that so often. So my whole blog and community has now worked its way into my own brain 
we're doing it together, watchdogging this and following through with the science and it's working. It's, it's real. It's working. I'm getting real results and predictability and rep. You can reproduce my study and get your own results. It's following the rules that science used to have. (laughs) And I went to school to learn that they told me these rules, science, you know, you got to do it like this or else it's not science. And then I left school and realized that none of those rules were being followed by science. (laughs) (laughs) It was embarrassing. Oh, can you imagine? It's just so hard, you know, as a young person watching everything just suck (laughs) and be, be hypocritical on itself. It's quite a tsunami of realization. (laughs) absolutely and you and i are lucky that we're we get to be doing what we're doing um yeah something like eight minutes visually from where the sun's at in the sky to where it actually is some extreme numbers like a a mile every 10 seconds worth of energy going across us i could be off on those but yeah i mean it's incredible and uh it is so I didn't really fully know about the coronal holes. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes when I'm looking into a, a, a stone or a crystal, I can see the reflection of, I guess, the light that's in my eyes off of the stone. I don't know if you, if you know what I'm talking about, the kind of what that looks like. But it looks like tiny little circular windows. And... uh Okay. I can see like concentric rings around it. And when I, when I squint my eyes, I can see the reflection of the light be squinted in my eyes. So Jeez. if I'm looking and it depends on the light source, but if I'm looking at the sun's reflection through a stone, I can like go like, it, it kind of looks like I'm, I don't know, inside the sun or on the sun surface. Like there's a lot of light and colors there and patterns, but Some things that I've seen look exactly like the coronal holes that you're talking about. Um, Looks exactly like it. So looking through the stone, if if you line it up just right in the reflection of the sun, um, I've seen they kind of just look like dark portals, and you can see like horizontal lines uh, coming out of it as. Oh. So I don't know if that's that energy, you know, just a... Well, dude, you got to go out right now and check it out because there's another one rotating around. It's near the bottom left of the sun. You should see if you could see it. Then you'll know that you're actually yeah. looking at them. Yeah, <laughs> I you definitely Because you figured will. it out. <laughs> I'll, I'll, after this interview, sunshine in today. It's, yeah. uh, it's a little chilly, but um, yeah, it seems like the there's not too much solar wind today. Maybe a um, little less than average, kind of a chill day. Yeah. But that's the thing. Like I'm watching this, this coronal hole right now being like, okay, when is it going to end up finally? When is that wind going to hit us? Like, when is that coronal holes impact going to actually land here and start, you know, and that's what the apps are great for because they'll be like, Oh, the KP index all of a sudden went up to four or five or six or whatever. And you're like, Oh, there it is. Like there's the solar wind it's coming in. And, but the apps aren't even always on time. Yeah. And you said that um, they're highly regulated too. Very. Yes. 
it's been annoying. I mean, the last, this last weekend, we had a lot of going on this. I want to say the 12th through the 14th there, there was a lot of data missing. And I did see a little glimpse of data that might've been real, but I can't prove it. And it was beyond, it was, the charts were not processing properly at all. It was going off the charts. Never seen that before. I was sure clearly something was going on with our atmosphere and our field. I think on the earth side, something was going on that day or that weekend. And there was sense of it in the spiritual world in a way, or more in the feminine world where babies and children and sorry, babies and animals were struggling and some were passing away during that time. So that intense, something intense was going on. And again, during these intense moments, even when the data is not there, I do get other data from the humans who follow my work saying something's not right. And often, you know, often birth and death is like we were talking about as a part of those that data that comes in during those times. So it's, it's good that you're a psychic medium and you get, you deal with death if you're going to be in this science for sure. And working with a group studies and stuff, because that's part of it. And I need to know, I need to know that data. It's so helpful because again, I hear a lot about death. I hear a lot about the threat of death for plant, our planet and the people on it for many reasons. And I've been trying to understand what threats are real, what threats are not real. If it's metaphorical, you know, there's plenty of deaths that could actually be, you know, like an ego death or just cell death, but it's not your whole body or parasite cleansing is an experience of you're experiencing death within you, but it's not your death. You know, it's the parasites that we're feasting off of you. You're sloughing them out and you are the reason they died. You poisoned them and they left. And so that's also karmically something you deal with as well in this process. So it's funny. Death has been a fun topic about this, but the solar flares could get that serious where they could just overwhelm the weak nervous systems on, on our planet and cause death or extreme migraines near death, you know, a lot of people have a very hard time with migraines during these these experiences. Also, the crown chakra because it's the top, it's the first point of contact from the sunlight. It's coming through your head. So if you have anything, any metal, heavy metals, or microplastics, or any issues in your head, all that extra energy is only going to amplify it. And I really hope that the people I've helped have gotten help and have been able to titrate and move chelate, sorry, chelate the metals out of their heads at least and the calcium off of their pineal gland. Painful. It's hard because yeah, people struggle. I know when space weather is intense because people are, are struggling. They're in pain. They're removing all the density that no longer serves them. If it's emotional or physical, they kind of go together anyways. So, um, things that we can do sort of, uh, to help heal our spiritual selves. Um, I know there's, there's some products that we could use, including Scram. Yeah. Um, and that, that's a little more on the, the certain side of things. Um, Paracyclins. That's the physical. Yeah. Yeah. yeah for those who may be, um, 
If you've never done anything to get rid of parasites in your body, then you have to do it because some cultures literally fast once a year, every year and put spices to kill parasites at everything they eat. And in the West, we don't do any of that now. So we have to, I think. So is there anything else you want to say about sort of anything we can do with healing? Um, kind of along the lines of parasite cleansing. Um, Blue Lotus, I know, can be helpful. Um, Cannabis in reasonable doses and uh, spiritual hygiene, astral hygiene. Anything you want to say about that? That's right. I do want to add more to that. I've been experimenting with a few new ones, frankincense oil, because I I have cat, dog, and bird beings living with me. So they're very sensitive to essential oils and frankincense was the only thing that we could find that wasn't hurtful to any of those particular groups as well. So that was helpful. Mixing it with a carrier oil and putting it on your feet. I was recommended just the other day as a way, because some people believe you exit through your feet when you're doing your astral travel. So to kind of go through a higher vibrational portal of these higher vibrational things on your skin and on your body, putting them over any chakra point that you're having issues with helps to lift the vibration. Really the idea is just to keep raising the vibration. And there's so many ways to do that. Like you can, you can do you with your voice. Like I was saying, you can do it with your voice would recommend you do it with your voice. Number one, because it resonates your whole body from the inside lifting up the vibration with toning and singing and there's mantras and so on that you can try whatever you're guided towards, not where you kind of fall towards, but more so what really pulls to you go in those directions, go in the direction you want to go and where you feel comfortable with spiritual tools and where you're curious. I think that's what they're for raising your vibration with crystals and selenite. I use selenite. I traveled with selenite work. My auric field just kind of brush my auric field with selenite to kind of lift it up and clear off lower vibration. Yeah. So sound colors you wear, the fabrics you wear are very helpful. Definitely want to be wearing the most organic fabrics you can. I've tried to get into that myself. And it's a very expensive endeavor, ironically, to wear organic fabrics or buy, I should say, stuff with organic fabrics. So if you have your own wool and you have your own cotton somehow, sew it into some clothes or pajamas or something that you could wear around the house all the time, like a robe or something easy, just for when, for the most part, to be sleeping in those things helps I'm still working my way in that direction. I want to begin sewing my own clothes and just cutting it out of fabric and sewing it together myself because I can't afford the, the, the garments, like people are making them, but they're charging like crazy. It, it, it's such a funny system right now. A lot of these things are expensive and there's a high demand for them. And I want to make it efficient. I want it inexpensive. You'd think organic materials to wear would be one of the cheapest things you could buy. Ironically, it's plastic <laughs> clothes now that are the easiest thing to buy. Food which, too. And plastic was one of the hardest things to create. You got to do all of the setup to get all this oil out of the ground and process it. And 
so much equipment and resources and now plastic clothes are the easiest thing and we can't even grow hemp, you know, anymore. And so these are things, but again, another way is moving into more shamanism as well, doing with herbs and so on. Herbal community has a lot of options for us, pretty much everything. I think everything in our body can reflect something out out in the net in nature as well. There's some, there's something in nature that matches something inside our body in all ways and all forms. So whatever organs you're having issues with, listen to them. If you have any issues with your teeth, specific tooth, look up the specific tooth because your teeth are your whole meridian system. It's basically like a xylophone for your whole meridian system. So every tooth you're having issues with, or you've been attacking or the system's been trying to tear out of your face or attack or has been rotting, or you have any issues with your teeth, that's an organ as well. It's connected to an organ through a meridian. So you need to check and start supplementing for that organ and that tooth will probably feel better. And there's, there's non-physical energy work that you can do as well with, again, sound and toning. Tuning forks are amazing. The solfagio frequencies are amazing. Color therapy is amazing. Animal therapy is amazing. I might add, um, people should be very careful with um, the types of, not just the types of music, but um, certain yes. music can have actual purposely placed subliminal tones that are damaging. Um, and some people use subliminals for good and they market that as well. <laughs> yeah. Kanye West even talked about how the music industry does that. Um, I, re I recommend anyone, uh, flame in sound. It's a pretty affordable app. It's from Peter bottle, um, nice. developed by Dan winter. And it has all sorts of nice. binaural beats and right frequencies and Im implosive frequencies that are healing. And uh, they actually have have it lined up with every part of the body, every frequency, head to toe, that you can play and focus on different chakra sites. So What's flame, the app called? It's flame. called Flame in Sound. Okay. Flame in Sound, and there's a there's one called Flame in Mind. They Sweet. do some really incredible work with implosive frequencies, and they talk. I mean, everything ties into the work you're doing, and the the electromagnetic field yeah. it is the Holy spirit is the ether is right. the, it, it, it's all functioning on the same principle of um, non-destructive charge collapse, moving into a higher frequency, higher dimension, higher density. So thank you for all the work you're doing to help people raise their frequencies, raise their vibrations, heal. Um, and I like, sort of the matter of factness behind it all and how you have the the real-time visual research from the that's just incredible i haven't seen that yet um so thank you for you know showing me that as well um hopefully we get to do another one of these it's been great talking to you i feel like we could talk for hours um i'm getting yeah. a little hungry though <laughs> need some nice. food here soon um so ascension diaries alexis rose uh, is it ascensiondiaries.com? Yes, it is. That's my website. If you'd like to book any session with me, any time with me, that's where I do that. And then I have my 
services that are more regular, like my space weather newsletter and my guardian training that I do on patreon.com slash Ascension Diaries for now. And that's where you can go to keep up with me on, on the space weather side of your development and on your guardian training, which is basically anyone who is an activated awake person who is trying to do good for the planet, uplift humanity, raise a vibration with their song bowls or, you know, their, their artwork, their, their work with color, or their work with sacred geometry, whatever it is that they're bringing. A lot of us work all these different jobs, but there's not often a time where we can actually just hang out together and or do anything for our own development. Once you start working for the collective, you're working your butt off, honestly, and you're you're answering the call 24-7. And I've experienced this myself. I've been doing this many years. I've just recently signed up for two of my very close friends' schools and their trainings as well. And they do it more often than I do. And I was like, I'm committing to once a month. I'm going to gather the people in our community who want to train and we're going to have a theme we're going to do, uh, we're going to do the energy work on our bodies. We're going to do some Qigong with that. We're going to do some written work and we're going to do some intention setting and just overall fortifying the auric field and the progress of all these guardians of these people who work all the time for others, give them that time and send them off for another month and come back for another another workout or training once a month on the 18th with me as the sort of home base for their own personal growth while they're doing all the service to others. And that's also helping me organize myself because the time timing of everything has been the hardest thing to kind of find a pattern for because there's so much that needs to be done, but this has certainly been my new favorite way to do it. We're a few months in this month. We're going to do it on Friday. It'll be dreams is our theme. So that covers a whole bunch of different things that we experience in our spiritual journey. We're going to cover that and work through that theme this month. I hope I can make it to that. It's one of my favorite topics. It's kind of, yeah, I have a lot of, lot, lot of dreams that I'm trying to share through this platform here. Exactly. And you're farther along than some people too, in our community who want to be doing more public a public creation like what we make today and sending it out there about their modalities and stuff too so we're going to work that more into as well having people's dreams come true wow how wonderful yeah why not right (laughs) i feel like that's what we need (laughs) definitely well you're doing really great work and it's from the best place um i feel like we could talk for hours, but uh, yeah, let's go look at the sun a little bit. Yes. Try, try to, should we be working to heal the sun or is it, uh, is it healing us? Uh, well, potentially our solar plexus may be the direct reflection of the sun. So if you have a good happy sense of self and knowing thyself and knowing thy place in the greater design. I feel like that is a healthy, solid, yellow, golden, golden experience of your solar plexus. And it, if you repair your solar plexus, I feel our sun is going to also be a lot more 
uh, I want to say consistent, considerate, and connectable, relatable, potentially. Hmm. Perfect. What a great way to tie it all together. As as above, so below, within, without, right? It's true. It seems to be as simple as simple can be out there. Well, the comp- making things too complicated is not working. We're we're simplifying and streamlining a lot. It seems like the, our generation, especially. Yeah, absolutely. I I that's why I wanted to talk to you because I like <laughs> the way you do this. Here, uh, <clears throat> there's a lot of misinformation with solar flashes and solar flares and astrology. Uh, hopefully we get to talk again in the future. I'd love Thank to. you for your time. I really, really, really appreciate it. Um, your, your work is amazing. Uh, um, I'm glad you I like hope it. I'm able to make it to your next guardian training. Yes. Um, yes. I feel the harmony, feel the resonance with you. Thank you again. Really appreciate <laughs> you. Alexis Rose, Ascension Diaries. Thank you so much. I had fun. I had fun. This is great. And I'm going to keep listening to your podcast. Well, more dreams to come. Yay. (laughs) Congrats. Thank you. And thank you for listening. The dimensional ladder. The dimensional ladder. 12. 12. 11. 3. 12, 11, 10, 12, 11, 10, 12, 11, 10, 12, 11, 10, 12, 11, 10, 12, 11, 10, 12, 11, 10, 12, 11, 10, 12, 11, 10, 12, 11, 10, 12, 11, 10, 12